Hello, everyone, and welcome to Interactions and Attractions, a podcast that explores rural tourism and all that North Carolina has to offer. I'm your host, Carol Klein, part of the Uplift program and a tourism professor at Appalachian State University. And I am so excited to embark on this adventure with all of our listeners and special guests. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the ins and outs of the tourism industry through conversations with some of the brightest minds in the industry. From seasoned tourism experts to inspiring community leaders and valuable state partners, we'll hear their stories, insights, and passions for the destinations that they hold dear. Come along with us to discover how tourism can aid the local economy, preserve ecosystems, and celebrate the diversity of our cultures. Hi, everyone. We are here with Anne Savage. Anne is a Tourism Extension Associate with North Carolina State Extension. Anne, welcome. Thanks, Carol. Happy to be here. Tell us more about the tourism extension system and what what is this cooperative extension service? What is that all about? Yeah, so tourism extension is a program within North Carolina Extension, which includes a cooperative extension service, which allows for a partnership between North Carolina State University and North Carolina A&T, the two land grant universities at, in North Carolina. And so they're able to collaborate on research, have folks in every county that might represent NC State or NCANT that work with those counties based off of the mission of those universities. Um, so tourism extension is kind of a further development of extension, which started really to support our agriculture and our farmers, uh, then kind of developed more into helping our um, homemakers and folks that were jarring and canning and making sure everybody was safe. And then it went into communities, making sure that their rural and economic development was, um, they were having assistance there. And so tourism extension is kind of even further from that, where we're able to support our communities around the state when they're looking at development of tourism or sustaining tourism, or really how to increase that quality of life when we're looking at tourism in our communities around the state. So you're talking about what, back in the day when tourism was extent uh, was created, it was mainly ag, family sciences, family services, and then as as the years went on, as society progressed or, or changed, um, so did the extension service to meet the needs. And now, uh, much of the need, a lot of the need in our rural communities is economic development, which tourism overlaps with many other different factors in rural communities. Absolutely. And so if you look around the country, um, every state has an extension service. So you'll see different programs that each state has. Uh, so some states don't have a tourism extension program. I think that's a testament to North Carolina and the recognition that the tourism industry is a huge part of the state and that we need that assistance out for our communities to, to help drive that industry. Um, but and even community and rural development program isn't one that you'll find all over the state, but is more prominent than those tourism extension programs. So Good job, North Carolina, in being a leader in tourism extension and recognizing the value there. That's right. Well, so your your title is Tourism Extension Associate. What what does that mean? And and really, what do you do in your current role? Yeah, so the Tourism Extension Program has four folks that work in it. 
Um, so as a tourism extension associate, that essentially means I'm 100% extension. The other folks in the tourism extension program are faculty that have faculty appointments where they have to do research and teaching, and then they have small percentages of that extension. But my job is really to get out um, and see what the needs are around the state, around tourism, see how we can develop programs or resources that support those needs, work with our county extension offices to see what questions they're getting and come up with resource ideas from that. Um, and make sure our faculty who are looking at kind of those engagement projects have somebody to work with to, to help them get into communities and think about that work and how to engage those communities. Yeah, exactly. And, and so part of it is driven at the university level, but a lot of it is driven from the community level. And, and yeah. okay, fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, that's the value of having an extension person is that they're there to say, okay, I know this is happening in this community. I know you're doing this research. Is there a way to collaborate here? Are you trying to kind of get in with this community? Let's think about how we can uh, take what's happening at the university down to the community, um, which is why Extension exists in the first place. Yeah, and, and so then, is, am I right in thinking there's 101 un, um, Extension centers in the state, one in every county, like a little mini university, um, but then also there's one on the Cherokee lands? Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's 101. We're one of the states that's lucky to still have a center in every county, plus the that. Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, so, so what led you to this role? Were there any key interactions that brought you to Extension? Yeah, so I worked for Extension in Louisiana, actually, for a few years before I ended up coming to NC State for grad school. Um, I love Extension. I love the purpose of Extension. I love the idea of continuing to provide this education and research for communities, um, taking what's happening in the White Castle, as they like to say, down to the communities. Um, and so I was working on a lot of local food projects at um, LSU and my boss loved to travel. He was a horticulture professor and he had been in the Peace Corps and he loved to find projects internationally. So I was lucky enough to go with him to Haiti um, a couple of times. And we were on this farm in Haiti where they were growing moringa and talking about the opportunities for rural tourism and agritourism. And really in that moment, I was like, this is what I am so fascinated by, the opportunity in this community to bring in tourists um, to think about what the good and bad are there with bringing tourism in was just so fascinating to me. And so I was interested in grad school at the time. I came to NC State because they had a tourism extension program. Um, and so it spoke right to my needs. I was able to study agritourism more. And so when I graduated from grad school, my position didn't exist, but I had already kind of planted a seed with everybody in the program and let them know if it ever came to be to let me know. Um, so in the interim, I worked for a destination marketing organization. And then I was, once this position became available, I got it, thankfully. Um, and yeah, that brought me back. So it was that farm in Haiti that really inspired me to get into tourism extension. Um, and that led me here. That is a fabulous story. And we are lucky to have you in North Carolina. That that stint that you had with the uh, Destination Marketing Organization, that only that was another nice layer to, mm -hmm. you know, what you're doing now, that, that information and, and knowledge. Yeah. You know, when I think back about all, I have a very colorful history from when I graduated from undergrad. And so when I think back about all the experiences I have, I feel like it led me to this Ultimately, when I graduated from undergrad, I worked 
um, for Jackson Hole Mountain Resort for a couple years. And so I worked in the tourism industry and dealt with some of those high tourism issues that exist out West, but also in a lot of our communities out here. Um, I did a volunteer tourism stint for a year in South America. And so it's like, it's all been tourism related somewhat. So it, it makes sense that I would end up here. And in, in, in rural tourism related. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, okay. Like my mind is going, you know, bonkers <laughs> because you, you work all across the state. And so I've got so many questions, but we don't have that much time. Um, what do you like best about this whole system? I think you, you know, have answered some of that and, 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 you know, you made a statement earlier, you love the extension system. Like you love the philosophy of it, the approach. Um, mm -hmm. tell us more about that. Yeah. So to me, I, I love the extension service because it feels like it's, it exists to increase the quality of life of communities across the state. And so we all get to work together to kind of problem solve or think about how to deal with bigger issues or wicked problems um, within a, a context, like a specific place. Um, so I just love the, the connection that you get with Extension and North Carolina's Extension Service is one of the largest in the country. I think Texas is the only one that's larger which it's a larger state, so that's fair. Um, but so I, I just love, yeah, the, the ability to work across the state with these folks, the ability to work with the university and access their resources and make sure that the counties who are having issues know what resources exist at the university. Um, I love the ability to continue to do research and have access to that too, so I can keep learning. That's one of my favorite things is to continue learning. Um, and, and for North Carolina specifically, what I love about the extension service is, you know, the state motto of North Carolina is to be, not to seem. And I feel like working in the different communities, I am so inspired by people that live out that motto. It, it exists throughout the state and it just really hits home. And, and having the resources of the university to pull on, um, as you are working with the rural communities, you know, you have, um, as you know, but I want the, the listeners to know, you have the Department of Landscape Architecture, you mm -hmm. have, um, you know, soil science, you have history, um, you certainly have the Center for Environmental Farming Systems. There, there's so many different pieces uh, of that of the university that connect directly with rural communities and chances are a lot of them connect with tourism as well. Yeah, there there are a lot of resources out there. I feel like that's the biggest thing when I started was learning about all the different people that I could reach out to because I obviously am one person that serves all 101 county centers that we have and 100 counties and uh, I, I only have so much information in my head. Um, but so reaching on those folks is really helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is one of the greatest challenges of your job, uh, being stretched so thin and and deciding and knowing where to put your your finite time. Yeah, that's something that I think about a lot with any program that I do is how it can be replicated or used in other areas, or it can support other programs that are happening, um, and even to knowing. What, who exists where, knowing what programs exist where is really valuable. So we can tap into that or connect people to things that are already happening um, or redevelop those programs for a tourism specific purpose, which is happens a lot. <laughs>
Well, so you've got, Shirley, you've got some things coming up that you um, are excited about in 2024. I'd love to hear about things in your future that you're excited about, but also uh, tell us about one or two projects that you've worked on within our region uh, in Uplift. Yeah, so 2024 is a great year because I have a bunch of projects that are ending, actually, <laughs> which means that it's an opportunity for new projects to come about. So we're doing some work with craft brewers around the state, um, trying to connect them with local farmers uh, and some other fun things in the works there. But I'm excited at the relationship that we've built with with the North Carolina Craft Brewers Guild and that group that is, they're just such an engaged group and always really willing to learn. And the networking among them reminds me of the tourism industry. Everybody's really willing to help each other. And the leadership of the organization is outstanding. Absolutely. Lisa is one of the best to work with. Um, also, I'll be doing some work with the program that we developed last year called First Impressions, which essentially is taking secret shoppers from two different small towns to go to the other town and give an assessment essentially of what a tourist might think if they're on that main street, things that are going really well, things that potentially could use some um, updating. And so I'll do at least one exchange this year, maybe two, depending on time. Um, but we did one last year and they really enjoyed having the opportunity to go to the town and then to talk to each other afterward to learn about how they were doing different things. Um, so that's a fun. I'm going to advocate to do that within the uplift region. I'll just put that out there right there. Yep. Love that program. Happy to, happy to talk after. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about where it's, it's going from, from where it started last year. Uh, let's see. I'll be working on, because I'm finishing projects, I have some time to do some resource development. So I'm working on a couple of maybe not formal fact sheets extension wise, but at least some resources, ones around camping on private land, which we've gotten a lot of questions about, um, and some others that are coming out kind of as project output. So there'll, there'll be more information about that this summer, hopefully. That sounds great. Stay tuned and visit the tourism extension website. Uh, but those are the big things right now. There, there are others, some projects in the works, some proposals that are happening, but nothing to report as of yet. And then for work that I've done in the past in the Uplift region, I think the project that I'm most proud of in the region was with Montgomery County. Um, we developed a program called the Outdoor Recreation Stewards. And essentially that was developed after talking to their economic development manager, Savannah, about her vision for the Uari National Forest and the community around it. Um, and seeing that there was kind of a disconnect between the community and the, the forest to some extent. And I asked her what her vision was there for five years down the road. Like, what do you want it to be in five years? What's your goal? And she said for people in Montgomery County to view Uari like people in Pisgah, around Pisgah view Pisgah, which I thought that is a wonderful goal, very achievable. So this Outdoor Recreation Stewards Program was really to take the people that are already utilizing the National Forest and give them some tools to be better advocates for it. So talking about tourism and thinking about tourism development, we've seen a lot of rural gateway communities around the country that got inundated around COVID because they were like, tourists are coming, awesome. But it really affected the quality of life of the residents. So we talked about the good and the bad there and some priorities that they have with it. Uh, we talked about forestry. We brought the National Forest uh, 
superintendent in to talk about some of the issues that they have so that folks are more aware of kind of the challenges that they're working through um, and the, the staffing that they have to help work through those challenges. And we, we talked about other programs around the country that they could think about how to not necessarily replicate, but learn from and, and grow from within that. Um, and so we had a lot of community feedback from that. And now they're in the Creating Outdoor Recreation Economies program with North Carolina Commerce. And so commerce was a big part of making sure they were included um, throughout that process so that they could help leverage it and push them along a little faster once they got into the core program. Um, so that was a fun project. We'll see. I've been talking to Commerce to see if there are any other communities we can do something similar in, maybe not as long of a process, but something short and sweet to just see what communities are interested in, tap into those people that are really involved, make sure that they kind of have that knowledge, but also they're able to prioritize what they want to do first when they're looking at outdoor recreation and tourism. That's awesome. You know, our state just has so many great resources and I know it can be so confusing to yeah. people you know, who even the service providers, much less the communities, you know, you named uh, creating outdoor economies. We've got uh, building outdoor communities, um, the tourism extension, uplift. I mean, I don't want to start naming them because there's so many. Um, but uh, but but when when we all work together, yeah, it, it's a beautiful thing. And um, and, you know, I'm old enough that I remember people not working together. And so this is just really joyful to, to see so many partners collaborating uh, to the best of our abilities uh, to, to bring programs um, to support the, the needs. Yeah, you know, rising tide floats all boats. So if we work together, we can help all these communities, right? And that's, um, that's the goal. That's part of what Tourism Extension, or when I started, I wanted to make sure that it was really transparent what we were doing so that partners who are doing similar work didn't think we were trying to take away from that. We really want to build off of what's happening and figure out how we can support in a niche way that isn't taking away from or duplicating efforts. There's enough to do without having to duplicate efforts, that's right? right. <laughs> or, or, even, or compete even. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. Well, and to that end, you know, thank you for for collaborating with Uplift on an upcoming agritourism webinar series. Um, we have not set a date to that, but uh, really enjoyed our recent planning session, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Very informative. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's it's nice to see an area where we can put a lot of the resources that Extension has worked on. I work with a team from across Extension that's worked on a lot of resources for agritourism. So anytime we can repackage resources and put them back out there and get some new folks to see them, it's it's a great opportunity. I'm excited about the series and I hope hopefully the Uplift communities and those around are too. Yeah. And 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 as you mentioned before, there's so many different organizations. We're we're not we're not copying we're not duplicating we're not competing um we we are excited about showcasing all some of the other organizations in north carolina that are uh, focusing on agritourism as well yep absolutely well well so the name of this show is interactions and attractions and I always ask the guests what their one favorite attraction is and people hem and haw and they're like, I don't know the beach. And it's like, that's not an attraction. You know, you know, so are you ready? Are you ready? Well, Carol, I work across the state, so I can't choose one. Okay. 
Um, but I have thought about what my favorite, I have two that are general attractions. Uh, no, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. And I understand you can't play favorites, but everyone's going to understand if you just say, I like the blah, blah, blah historic site. So, but I, the thing I love about North Carolina is you can go into any town, any small town and the downtowns are, the main streets are amazing. And they're all so. I agree. I love downtown. Which one? I also love a trail. <laughs> oh, no. So, okay. No, no. Which, which one downtown or which one trail? I can't choose a downtown. Okay. Then which one trail? I don't know if I can choose one trail. I haven't been You're on all the trails. You're not going to trail feeling. You're really not. Do what? You're not going to have all the other trails feelings if you just choose one. You're not. I don't know, but I can't choose one. So this won't be a favorite, but it's one that I go to the most often. How Fantastic. About Fantastic. And for the record, Lynn is not choosing favorite shawl, but this is just <laughs> a, a most frequented. Yeah. So I go to the American Tobacco Trail often. It's a nice stop on the way home for a good run or decompress. So it is. It is your most frequented, but absolutely not your favorite. Absolutely. This is not your favorite. It's in my top 100 list of favorites where everything is rated one. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is so noncommittal. It's, it's, <laughs> it's annoying, but okay. <laughs> And thank you. You know, I love talking with you and I love working with you and I'm so, so happy and I admire the work you do. I'm so, so happy that uh, Cooperative Extension, Tourism Extension has you right there in that 100% uh, role. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing uh, across North Carolina. Yeah. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for bringing me in. I appreciate you always asking what we can be part of and making sure we know what y'all are doing. We're, I love seeing all the resources come out for Uplift. I know that those communities are getting a lot out of it from my conversations with them. So keep up the great work and let's keep working together. Thank you, Ann. Thank you. That's all we have today on Interactions and Attractions. Thank you all for joining us. Stay tuned every Monday and Friday for new releases and be sure to stay updated on what Uplift is doing through our social media. The Uplift program is funded under award 04790769 from the Economic Development Administration, U.S. Department of Commerce. The conversations, insights, and recommendations are those of the podcast production team and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Economic Development Administration or the U.S. Department of Commerce.